Welcome back to season two, episode three of the Indo Techno podcast. Salamat berujumpa kembali. I'm Alan Hallowell. I'm host of the Indo Techno podcast. I'm also founder of Gizmo Advisors and venture partner at Alpha JWC Ventures. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast intro music. There's an interesting story behind it, which we'll get into shortly. But first, let's tee up today's topic and speaker. There's undeniably a massive opportunity to be had in helping Indonesia's 56 million SMEs leapfrog into digital banking. A vast majority of these small businesses remain hostage to the inefficient and often perilous world of what we might euphemistically call the quote-unquote informal world of credit. Today's guest, Gabriel Franz, is co-founder and CEO of Credibook. Credibook is focused squarely on modernizing traditional approaches to debt and cash management. Gabriel and team seek to remedy the Indonesian SME's largely offline approach to debt and cash management through an easy-to-use digital ledger and payments app. Welcome to the show, Gabriel. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on, Gabriel. Now, getting back to my initial and very cryptic reference to today's intro music, I've come to discover that you have a recording studio at home. You seem to be a man of many interests. If you don't mind, tell me about your greatest non-professional passions. So, yeah, my greatest passion currently is music. In my research time, I produce my own music since I have my own studio at home, and I also write and compose my own music. I've had this passion since childhood, and currently I'm still exploring it, and hopefully I can dig deeper. Currently, I'm also exploring a jazz piano on top of other musical instruments. Let me put you on the spot, Gabrielle. What is your favorite piece of music right now, or who is your favorite artist? Well, I have a lot, but I can say Corey Henry from Snarky Papi, or else Jacob Collier. He's been nominated for many Grammy Awards. Fantastic. That'll be part of my homework over the weekend, is to listen <laughs> to some of these individuals. Now, I also noticed that you went to ITB, or Institute Technology Bandung. Several of our past interviewees are graduates of ITB, and I was hoping you would describe for our non-Indonesian listeners what ITB is like. ITB is the best engineering school in Indonesia. Many foreigners have an analogy of University of Indonesia as a Harvard and ITB as a MIT. I met some top students back then in my college life, and currently you can see many ITB graduates sitting in the top management levels of government-owned company, MNC company in Indonesia, and other top companies in Indonesia. And Gabriel, just out of curiosity, is there anything similar to even a small Silicon Valley in and around the ITB campus, or is that really more in Jakarta? Well, back then, the plan is to have some sort of Silicon Valley around ITB, but we can see that currently the top talents of startups and engineers and programmers are still sitting in Jakarta. So I can say not much similarity between Silicon Valley and ITB. Gotcha. Well, I'm looking forward to eventually making a visit to the campus. And I am also forgiving you for not comparing it to Stanford University instead of MIT. <laughs> yeah, you, even... should, you should go there. It, it is a lovely place. Fantastic. Now, Gabrielle, looking at your professional background, you were involved in international expansion with Traveloka, if I'm not mistaken. What were some of the highlights of that role? Indeed, I'm not exaggerating. It was some 
sort of a golden moment of my career. Before Traveloka, I was working mostly rolling products at the local Indonesia level. So in Traveloka, it is my first time with Southeast Asia exposure because I was involved in international expansion. And also on top of that, I work with many functions in Traveloka. Prior working in Traveloka, I would handle mostly product management, go-to-market strategy. By manage the international expansion in Traveloka, I work with legal, tax, or even data privacy. So it was an eye-opener for me. Fantastic. Now, Gabrielle, can you share the origin story of Credibook? How did you come up with the idea? At the beginning of my career, I worked at Kudo. It was acquired by Grab back then. Currently, it is named Grab Kiosk. It is online-to-offline product for the SME industry. Actually, SME industry is very close to my heart ever since I started my career. And back then, I worked with Hendra. Currently, he is the CEO of Payfast. And after I moved from Kudo and Hendra started Payfast, we were still in contact with each other. We chat on the monthly basis and we talk about how we can leverage more on the SME industry. What is the current problems that need to be solved on the user side, on the industry side? And then in the beginning of 2020, I was talking with a lot of SME owners and we were seeing that cash management is still a very heavy problem back then. And then I decided to start Credibook and then that's where the journey begins. That makes a lot of sense. We're going to be coming back to that relationship with Payfaz a little later in the conversation. Before we go there, a very basic question for you, Gabrielle. How exactly does the small business owner use the Credibook app today? And how do you envision him or her using it in two years' time? Currently, they use Credibook to manage day-to-day transactions, whether it is the transaction that has happened in cash or that has happened in informal credit. Because at the beginning, we make an entry point by solving the debt management, debt, debt recording problems. And currently, we are introducing more and more features to solve more and more their problems. And in two years, we hope that more SMEs are going digital. Currently, based on the government data of what you have mentioned, 60, 65 million SMEs, around 16% is going digital. But we are hoping that it will increase more and more. And within two years, we are going to solve more problems and launch more product verticals. And they can rely on us with operating their businesses. Okay, so basically rolling out an increasing number of ancillary services to the SME over the next few years. Is that correct? Yes, indeed. Gotcha. Now, Gabrielle, is this a very localized business or are lending and borrowing habits quite uniform across Indonesia and Southeast Asia for that matter? Well, to talk about lending businesses and the localization of these businesses, even in Indonesia, every area, every province has their own characteristics on how their businesses happen. What we found and what I personally found in Southeast Asia is that in Indonesia and specifically in certain areas, the business is more relational rather than transactional. And I guess in other Southeast Asian countries, it's more transactional. So it is based on trust. That's why there is a lot of informal credit, not only on the level of merchant to consumer, but also merchant to wholesaler, which involve big numbers on the value of the credit. And so are you saying that to win in this business, you have to have a very intense local understanding of each market? Yes, indeed. 
because the characteristic is even different among areas. It is a very localized market, so we need to have a very good local understanding of each area so that we can solve their problem. We can talk to the users intensively and then we can deliver the good solution to their problems. Let's continue talking about the SME or even the Wadong owner. We've seen a number of very admirable attempts to bring the Wadong and the small business owner into the digital era. Many who attempted, however, find great challenge in everything from a lack of digital literacy with the small business owner to an inability to grow scale effectively across what is no less than 56, 60 million largely unconnected SMEs to difficulties in monetizing these small shopkeepers in a meaningful way. How does Credibook think about these challenges and others that surround this effort? We can group the big obstacles into two groups that we are seeing currently. The first one is financial literacy and the second one is digital literacy. What I meant by financial literacy is that still many of the business owners, specifically the SME business owners, don't think that the financial knowledge is important for them. In their mindset, they just sell the products and then they get profit and then they will do it again and again. So that's why it is our job to give the market education on the importance of the financial literacy that could make your business bigger, that would scale up your businesses, that will prevent you from losing your money and things like that. And the other one is the digital literacy. That is the dual age of what you have mentioned. There are a lot of products, there are a lot of startups, there are a lot of companies that are focusing on SMEs. And it could be good because the digital literacy becomes a joint effort. If they try a new app, they will be familiar with the new technology. But on the other side, competition could be saturated. Imagine if someone's currently visiting SME owners, the SME will say that, nah, it's just another product. I already have a lot of application installed in my phone. So in that regard, are you saying it could become a very crowded space and that the SME owner could be faced with so many options to choose from? My point is that we have to choose the right products and choose the right segments. Because if we target all of the SMEs, if we are targeting a very general product, it is very crowded and it could be saturated and it is even harder to tap SME owners. That makes sense. Now, what was Credibook's growth in 2020 and what are you targeting for 2021? We actually launched in February 2020. By December, we managed to have more than 500,000 users. And speaking of 2021, we are going to roll out to more and more areas that we are already focused on. And we are going to launch more product verticals to solve more problems, not just bookkeeping. Understood. Now, going back to an earlier topic, you referenced having built a friendship with someone in an earlier job. And indeed, Credibook seems quite uniquely aligned with another leading private company in Indonesia's fintech space. Can you tell us more about the tie-up with PayFaz? Yes, indeed. Hendra, the CEO, is a good friend of mine. We work together in Kudo, as I've previously mentioned. Currently, they are mostly focused on payment and transaction. Their products are mostly used by Warung, small traditional FMCG. While for us, we complement the bookkeeping and stockkeeping part to create a one-stop solution for them via strategic synergy and collaboration. And the good thing for us is that we can access their network and they can also access our network. 
we have a broader spectrum of SME sectors like laundry store and even wholesaler and supplier. And do you think that these synergies would be as strong if you had not known Hendra from your earlier career? That's an interesting question. Of course, our friendship plays part, but actually the product itself makes very good synergy with Payfast's product. And currently, I can say that we also have other partnership with other products. And I can say that we are doing good in supplying the data and also having a good user to tap. While we are focusing on bootkeeping, we currently partner with other lending or payment companies, and we are making a good partnership on that. Interesting. So it sounds as though collaborations and partnerships are quite important to Credibook's success. In this stage, yes, indeed, because we are making an entry point on the bookkeeping features, but we definitely need to broaden our solution. We have collaboration and partnership with other financial services provider because in Indonesia, it is hard to obtain licenses. And what we are doing right now is giving solutions to our users through collaboration with the players that already have the licenses. I understand. Now, Gabriel, I think distribution has been a real challenge for those wanting to modernize SMEs. What is your biggest unfair advantage in eventually being able to reach millions of Indonesian SMEs? First, we are tapping onto some key distribution channels. We already have key distributors. They will use Credibook with their merchants and their merchants will use Credibook with their consumers. And that will create network effect. And the other thing that we are seeing as an unfair advantage is this partnership with Payfast. They already have a nationwide presence. And by having the synergy and collaboration, we can also tap their network. Makes sense. Now, Gabriel, how do you divide your time between building the upper funnel, like acquiring new users, and on the other hand, deepening product development and user stickiness? Well, they say that While distribution is God, product is still the king, right? So we are also focused on building a good product. I can say that among other bookkeeping solutions, we are the one that is very close to our users so that we are continuously taking their inputs and then we deliver good features. We deliver the more solutions, helping the merchants on their daily problems. If they love the product, it is easier for them to refer others to also use the product. And that will create virality. Currently, we want to boost our organic users. So by having the users love the product, it will create virality and then it will boost organic users. Excellent. I understand. Now, Gabrielle, it looks as though a major part of our value proposition going forward will be predicated on successful credit scoring. There have once again been many different strategies taking and trying to gain useful insights from the small business owner in order to lend to them productively, whether it's from scraping telco usage data or partnering with an offline bank or simply reviewing one's own data if you're an e-commerce platform. How are we doing credit scoring differently than others? As mentioned previously, we want to tap into the distribution channels. So Credibook is currently used not only by the merchants, but also by the consumers and the wholesalers. So currently, if we know the merchants purchase the goods from certain wholesalers and we have the record, we can track the transaction flow from the beginning as they purchase goods until they sell it to the consumers. And we can check it on the two sides too. 
So if all the stakeholders in the chain are using Credibook, we can verify the data. And also we have introduced the digital payment. If we are thinking about bookkeeping, if they manually input the data, it's hard to use that data for credit scoring. But by having the transaction happen in Credibook, we can track it down to the bank, to the payment partner. It will improve the data validity. Hence, it will improve the credit scoring capability. Understood. Now, there would seem to be several rings of competitive overlap that Credibook has, whether it's other private companies such as Buku Warong or Buku Kas, that might be the B2B marketplaces who themselves are seeking to roll out credit offerings, or even Indonesia's e-wallet license holders. Who is our most prominent competition in your mind, Gabriel? Well, we have been in the market for almost a year. What we are seeing currently, most competition comes from the old behavior. So the manual process using pen and paper and books is still huge out there. And we are still keen to convert that onto a digital solution. So we will win by changing the old behavior through correct product strategy and appropriate market education. And we definitely will change that behavior of using the manual process. And with regard to those old behaviors you just mentioned, I guess many of us can guess how informal credit is given between merchants and consumers and wholesalers and merchants. How specifically do we improve these processes? Can you give us a couple examples? So for merchants to consumers, the merchants, by using the old ways, the manual process, they tend to lose the money because of these messy recordings or they forgot to recap because it took time, things like that. By having credit book, we are reducing or can even completely ensure that the debtors will pay their merchants. So by having good data, which you won't lose it, you can also make a payment reminder, you can set the payment schedule, things like that. We will ensure that credit book is helping the merchants to collect money. And then for wholesalers to merchants, they are doing informal credit on the huge amount of value, right? This is where the partnership also kicks in. Imagine the transaction between wholesalers and merchants sometimes can took up 200 million rupiah. It is around 10 to 20,000 USD. By giving the merchant informal credit, sometimes it is impacting the cash flow of the wholesalers. That's why we are keen to do the invoice financing. So the wholesalers can also receive the money first. Merchants can pay it later, but we will give the money to the wholesaler first. So the cash flow can be better on the wholesaler side. Some sort of BNPL by no pay later, but between the merchants and wholesalers. Now, I see we are constantly introducing new services. Maybe just take a second to look at one of them. Can you share some of the innovations that Credibook has developed around credit collection alone? Can you quantify how you've improved that process? Yes, so for merchant to consumers, we introduce this payment schedule. And on top of that, we also can shift the payment onto installment. We are seeing that it improves the debt repayments on the merchant to consumer side. And for the wholesaler, it improves the cash flow on wholesaler side by having this sort of buy now, pay later from merchants to wholesalers. And we have a specific app, a specific product to tackle that named Jualan. It is the complement to Credibook. Jualan help the merchants mostly with product, the inventory, the online catalog, online order management, while Credibook is still focused to solve the bookkeeping problem. 
Now, Gabrielle, in what tier market will Credibook see the greatest success? Is it tier one, tier two, three? And why specifically would you have outsized success in a certain tier of the market? Another interesting question, Alan. So generally speaking, it will be on tier two and tier three cities. I can say on tier one cities, the scene is quite crowded. So if you are coming to SME owners in Jakarta, they are very used to having a guest who is selling the products, who is introducing new product. And sometimes it becomes quite hard to onboard them to use new product because they are sensitive to the memory allocated in their phones or else they need to learn again from beginning. But in tier two and tier three cities, financial and digital literacy is quite hard. But we are seeing that the sweet spot comes in some areas of the tier two cities where the technology literacy is more than others. We are seeing that some areas in West Java or Makassar or another area in East Java, technology literacy is better than others. Interesting. So it has particularly valuable relevance to tier two and to a lesser extent tier three. Yes, indeed. Gotcha. Well, let's continue the geographic discussion. Gabriel, do we have any regional expansion plans? Can you give us a sense of target markets and timelines if we do have regional plans? Yes, we do have regional aspirations. We are seeing that some of the areas in Southeast Asia have a similar market characteristic with Indonesia. They have SMEs. And typically, we are targeting SMEs that still use manual process to solve their day-to-day transaction, to solve their day-to-day business problems. And with timelines, I think after we dominate Indonesian market, we can move regionally. Okay, well, you've got quite a large market in your backyard. So I assume for the immediate future, all eyes are on the Indonesian market. Yes? You can say so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, what an absolutely impressive and ambitious mission you have outlined around Indonesia's tens of millions of SMEs. I'm personally hopeful that the credit book solution will become as virally popular as the music you shared with us will inevitably become now that it's appeared on Indotechno podcast. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for joining us today, Gabrielle. Thank you so much. The pleasure is mine, Alan. Fantastic. Today's podcast has been translated into Bahasa Indonesia by Alpha JWC Ventures. Terima kasih telah mendengarkan. Sampai jumpa lagi. Sampai jumpa lagi.